Faithful and True Podcast. Today again, we are happy to welcome back Debbie Laser, Director of Faithful and True, as our guest. How are you doing today, Deb? Great, thank you. It's Fantastic. We we started our last podcast by talking about uh, transition and change, and uh, I guess we. By the time that we got to the end of the podcast, we discovered we had even more to talk mm-hmm. about. So uh, I'll let you pick it up, Greg, and take um, it from there. For those of you that weren't with us the last time, what what brought this about was we have requested topics from um, our participants, and if there's an issue that they're interested in with the podcast, and someone su- suggested that we talk about the idea of how do you navigate transitions in the midst of recovery. And so we did begin to talk about, you know, just if if your family is moving or if there's been a loss of a job or if children are going off to college, just the natural transitions that we go through in life, how recovery sometimes can make those more complicated in other ways that can make it simpler. And so we just want to continue that conversation. And I know last time um, we began talking about the change model that Virginia Satir mentioned, and we talked about chaos and how in early or in early transitions and changes, we can expect chaos. Mm-hmm. And it's good to just normalize that and to know that there's nothing wrong with us when we enter into a period of chaos, when we're going through a transition, um, to be kind to ourselves. You know, sometimes our, our self-talk is the hardest thing about making a transition. We start saying terrible things to ourselves, like, you idiot, why can't you just do this better? And you're just so stupid. And, you know, if, if there must be something wrong with you that you can't do this, you know, in a, in a quicker or more calm way. Um, talking to ourselves those ways is not helpful. I mean, recognizing that change is hard. Mm-hmm. And for some, it's really hard. And I think the more we acknowledge and, and find ways to transition through things with, um, normalcy, the more we're able to handle the next things that come along also. And we get better and better and better at change, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, practicing that, it seems like a a funny thing to say, but we can practice change and get better at that. Well, and one of the things you identified is sometimes change triggers our shame. Mm -hmm. And so even understanding as I'm going through a change, are there some shame messages that get triggered for me and kind of like what you're saying is Mm -hmm. I'm stupid I'm an idiot a a powerful shame message is I should be better at this or Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that difficult and so recognizing that as we are navigating the chaos to stay in the truth change is difficult it makes sense that this is challenging it's okay sometimes if I forget something in the midst of change Mm -hmm. and you you talked about and, and kind of identified as we leave the season of chaos, what does Virginia identify as the next um, season in the change model? Well, she calls it integration, which for the most part is about integrating new belief systems when we start to move towards something different. Uh, we might believe and start integrating that, you know, this will take some time. We, we were talking about a new computer or we were talking about coming out of the pandemic when maybe we've been working at home and now we're going to go back to the office. Integrating new belief systems about that, like, you know, this will feel awkward and it's going to take more time. You know, that's one thing I've noticed that I, I can't just roll out of bed, do a quick brush through my hair and hop on Zoom, you know? Right. <laughs> now I got to get the whole thing ready. <laughs> and that takes longer. And so belief is that I, I need to allow more time. 
and um, I will forget things. That's one of my belief systems as I'm figuring out what I want here and what I want at home. So looking at integrating new belief systems and, and then her next step is practicing those is what will start to lead to a new place that we will live. Well, and the, w the way I kind of see the integration, it's the living in the in-between. You've kind of got a foot in the old way, you've got a foot in the new way, and that's going to make chaos. And um, I remember growing up watching Star Trek, and when they would beam down to another planet, there was a point where they were in the fuzzy in-between. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't on the ship anymore, and they weren't on the planet. Mm -hmm. And that integration piece is that fuzzy in-between. I'm still, mm -hmm. I'm not fully in the old way, but we're not fully settled in the new way. And one of the things, even mentioning this idea of the fuzzy in-between is going to be exciting because you are moving to something new, but it can also be a place of grief as you become aware that you're leaving something behind. Mm -hmm. um, Beth and I have often laughed. Um, early on in our relationship, we discovered that she has the ability to pre-grieve. And mm -hmm. she can know that she's going to miss something in the future and start grieving it. I do not have that gift. <laughs> I cannot grieve until I'm experiencing the loss. And so for some couples, even as they're packing up their suitcases or packing the boxes, someone in the coupleship can begin to grieve the fact that this move is happening. Somebody else needs to be in the new place. They need to miss some things. They need some time away from the old place. So in this season of integration, you're even moving through the grief differently and just being mm -hmm. patient and kind with each other and not making judgments. Well, you know, the old life must not have been important or you don't miss our friends or you don't miss the house just because you don't see your spouse grieving in that. It's just that maybe they're not there yet as everybody mm -hmm. kind of moves through this transition. Yeah, I think it can be a time, too, if we're not careful, where we really want to go back to the mm -hmm. old. And I can remember this so clearly when I changed careers, actually, to join Mark full time in Faithful and True and counseling and going back to school. I left my career that I'd been working in for quite some time. And, you know, the chaos hit for me, didn't hit for Mark, hit for me. And I can remember so clearly thinking, you know, it was really great back there. I loved what, what I was doing, yeah, you know. Yeah. And this new place, it's kind of messy, and I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm not good at it either. And, you know, so that desire to want to go back to that old status quo is a huge pull. I think, you know, our ampersand that we mm -hmm. talk about here can be so helpful in this stage of change that if we can remember the both and, you know, there were good things back there and no doubt in time we will experience something that's also good as we move forward. But right now it's like you say, don't, totally fuzzy. We're not sure mm -hmm. what in the heck it's going to look like. Well, and I think that example of you and Mark and the transition of you becoming um, fully at Faithful and True is a great example where for you it was creating a lot of chaos. For Mark, it was just creating anticipation. Mm -hmm. He was excited about mm -hmm. this. And a lot of times, couples go through changes very differently. And for one, it may represent more difficulty, more challenge. There may be more grief. And the other person, though, it's more about excitement and mm -hmm. anticipation. And it's important that we are able to be with each other in that and give yeah. space for the other person to be where they are. Mm -hmm. So for Mark to hear your chaos, your concern, your grief, your anxiety, your fear, 
and for you to be able to be aware of his excitement and anticipation of y'all being able to work together and and to do this professionally. And the comfort that came with Deb being here Mm -hmm. to get working together with Mark. Mm -hmm. He had to be terribly excited Mm -hmm. and yet Mm -hmm. confident and comforted that that you're not off running your other business, but you're here hand in hand working Mm -hmm. with him. Yeah, both of the experiences, both of the realities were valid and very different. Yeah, that good old ampersand. Mm -hmm. It helps us get through a lot of messy stuff, (laughs) doesn't it? It does. Well, and you mentioned the next thing about practice. And (laughs) what would Virginia Satir say about the practice stage of the change model? Well, as we practice, things do get more comfortable. And I think we feel more confident. And so probably the anxiety does start to fall away. As we know, you know, I, I'm, it's getting clear where I'm going. And every day doesn't feel so messy all the time. But practice um, is what we do when we make a change in anything. I think of a golf swing. Mark and I used to talk about that, and we love golf. And when we worked with our instructors and they made suggestions for how to grip differently or stroke differently, you know, at first it was so awkward and trying to integrate all this new information, uh, you know, just looked like it may never work. And we want to just go back to how, how we used to swing and it was good enough, you know. But the truth is practicing, practicing, practicing new ways of doing that eventually made that feel familiar and the old way to feel unfamiliar. We, we do that with our couples too when we're teaching them our iceberg model, for instance, and how to talk more safely with each other and to and to reveal more about what's going inside on inside of me instead of always asking questions of another person. And, you know, it just takes a lot of practice to do that. It's not a normal way people think about talking oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So practice is a, a great stage that she identifies that uh, the more we're willing to invest in that, the, probably the quicker we're going to move on to something yeah. new. <laughs> and I also see practice as an opportunity to become more comfortable with the possibility of it not going well. Mm-hmm. You know, many times when we're going through change, the thing that we're anxious and fearful of is this isn't going to work out mm-hmm. or there's going to be something difficult about it. You know, in the last podcast, we talked about when the pandemic began and the, the decision to go to the virtual workshop. And I can tell you those first several virtual workshops, I had a laundry list of things that I was concerned about. What if this happens? What if this happens? And one of, the, one of the things that helped me were those things happening. You know, what do I do if I'm doing a virtual workshop and my internet goes down? I had this anxiety about what happens. Well, that happened one time and we survived it. And what I discovered was I got knocked out, but the other guys didn't. So I could immediately come back in. There was a relief of, oh, that's okay. I don't like that. But when that happens, that is survivable. And so I think the practicing stage helps to create a familiarity and even maybe encounter some opposition so that we can have more confidence in our ability to navigate whatever comes up in this new experience. Mm -hmm. I suppose just to be on the other side of that a little bit, practice could also teach us that we're not going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. It could if we listen carefully to how spirit is leading us within. Um, I hear couples sometimes telling me from out of state they're working with someone on their marriage and it, you know it's getting worse and worse and worse and it feels horrible every time they come home and I want them to listen to that because while they're practicing and trying new things if again and again and again and long term 
that's how they end up feeling. It could be that that was the wrong step for them mm -hmm. and, and that they're integrating and making a practicing move is going to be something else. So we do want to listen to that and not always say, well, we have to move through this because if we're going to get to a new place, it's absolutely essential. It, it may be that it's the wrong move. Right. And mm -hmm. there is just truth in that, that sometimes we make a decision to do something or try something or maybe something is imposed on us. Mm -hmm. And at some point... We had hoped that it was going to work out. We wanted it to work out. And we begin to realize this isn't going the way that we thought. And we need to be open to other options or other possibilities. Mm -hmm. And then I think the last thing that um, Virginia talks about is the new status quo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about at the couples workshop that there's a comfortableness and a familiarity that comes with the new status quo, not a sense of perfection or peace. I mean, a lot of times we unconsciously or consciously believe if I make this change, then everything will be okay. And I kind of would refer to that as a change fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime the phrase is, if we do this and we do it right, then everything will be okay, there is a piece of that as a fantasy. So the new status quo isn't this perfect new reality, but it's this comfortableness, familiarity that does move us closer to becoming the men and women that God created us to be. Mm -hmm. That ultimately is the kind of discerning aspect of a, a change that we're making or a transition, is this moving or how can I steward this change to become the person that God created me to be? And I think most of us would identify that as a healthier place for us. And it may be a place where there are things we can be grateful for in that. Like you say, it may not be everything. It may still be hard, but we're recognizing some character changes in ourselves, some some movement towards being a better version of who mm -hmm. we are. And those are all pieces of learning from something that we've gone through that we would consider a transition or a change in our life. Mm -hmm. Well, so we've talked about the change model. And what's true is, as a culture, even as a world, um, there's this new season that is coming as it appears as if um, some of the components of the pandemic are changing. And so we're hearing about more openness, and as Randy's identified, we're even planning to start um, bringing people back into faithful and true. And just to be able to say, again, even if there's something that we desire, even if there's something that we wanted, if it involves change, it is going to create chaos. And I know that the staff here at Faithful and True has spent many conversations kind of talking about what does it look like for us to start bringing back and welcoming guests, not just locally for the groups and appointments, but um, around the country to start coming back for the workshops that we do. How has that? How have those conversations been for you as you try to discern mm -hmm. what the next right step might be? Uh, chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're right where you're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. It. Uh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I'm feeling this way, and everyone else is, and. Um, I think every Monday we hear different information from the CDC and our own governor, and so even though we land on something, um, it seems like we are off on another change because we have new information. So we, we have felt fairly assured with some of the latest information about our next plan for change. And um, 
I guess I could get into it right now. Mm -hmm. Our Absolutely. listeners might want to know what that's going to look like. We as we as a staff here are going to return and get used to our offices again and do that in the month of June. And we are planning to open up to clients um, in the early part of July and start our in-person groups here then as well. And our first in-person workshop for the Men of Valor will be held in July also. Mm -hmm. So we feel fairly confident that um, our state is ready for that, our governor is ready for that, and I believe we all feel ready for that in a way of um, providing safety for ourselves and for those who will be coming here. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been here alone for the past 14 months. <laughs> yes. How's that change going to be for you, <laughs> I've Randy? I've 4,200 square feet of, uh, <laughs> of counseling center to myself, uh, and uh, I've gotten quite accustomed to it. So these people who are coming in and milling around, I guess they're staff. Yeah, we're uh, we're, interrupting who, who, your who, who are you and what do you want? And so, uh, no, it's a welcome sight to have the team coming back in. Uh, the, the time... Uh, without them here has allowed us to, you know, there's been a positive side because some some projects that we've wanted to do along the mm -hmm. way, we've had the space, the time, and the opportunity to get some, uh, some uh, building improvements, not that the building yeah. needed a lot of improvements, but it's kind of been uh, rewarding to see changes that we've wanted mm -hmm. to do that we've been able to accomplish while we didn't have the staff uh, mm -hmm. here. Well, that, that's a great point, because one of the things that's true is we experience positive benefits during the being out of the office during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, one of them may have been to the building and some updating or whatever. But I know that one of the things that we're aware of is how effective our workshops can be doing them virtually. Mm -hmm. um, I can own that, you know, back in April of 2020, when we did our first one, I had lots of questions about whether or not it was going to work and how effective it was going to be. And I had my anxiety about the internet and what if it goes out and, you know, would people be interested in coming? And after having done them for 14 times, we absolutely see that they are effective and there's a, a benefit to them and that there's a group of men. We, it's interesting that um, we do a, a survey at the end of the workshop. And one of the questions we ask is, you know, mm -hmm. would you rather come to an in-person or would you rather come to a virtual? And many of the men have said they would actually choose the virtual for a variety of different mm -hmm. reasons. And because of that, we're planning to carry something that we learned from the pandemic into the future. And at times, um, we haven't identified any dates yet, but at times we will do another virtual workshop because we know there are those men that traveling is difficult, um, getting the time away from work or the expense that comes along with that Traveling may not be something that is conducive to their budget, but they can set aside three days, stay at home, and experience the workshop. And what we know at this point is it is effective. Mm -hmm. And so that's an example of we're not fully going back to the old um, to right. the, the old way. We're going to bring some new stuff that we've learned from the pandemic into the future of Faithful and True. Yeah. Well, and the results that we have seen with that questionnaire that we send out has really been revealing and quite rewarding because, as you said, Greg, uh, there have been those that said, I absolutely, totally was um, uh, helped, benefited, transitioned uh, by the virtual workshop. One man came out and said, uh, my struggles with unwanted sexual behaviors was based on in the internet and to use the mm -hmm. internet via the, mm -hmm. the virtual men of valor workshop 
for that to be part of the solution um, kind of opened mm-hmm. his eyes to the internet doesn't have to be the evil empire. Right. It could actually be the jumpstart of his healing journey. So we've had a whole number of men who say, I miss the in-person connection of community with the other men and, and yourself leading it, uh, while other guys said, um, you know, I have now formed um, a weekly Zoom group mm-hmm. with the men that were in my small group at the mm-hmm. workshop. So, I mean, there's been really positive um, uh, responses in in uh, support of both forms of the workshop. Well, and what's interesting is one of the things that has come out of the virtual workshop is we are seeing more groups of men form and continue because they've just spent three days in Zoom. They have the familiarity of the technology. That's how they met each other. And so to just say, hey, on Monday night, we're all going to get back on Zoom feels incredibly comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I know of many stories of the small groups that were formed in the Zoom workshop have continued. And I even now have some coaching that I want to provide now that we're going back in person of what some things a group might do in order to maintain. And one of them is to begin practicing the technology sooner rather than later um, and getting more comfortable with it. Mm And so all of that to say that even as we're coming out of this transition and we're opening the building up, there will be things that we bring from the pandemic and will continue. And we're excited to what is new. And, you know, we jokingly said when we think about the transition, we also have anxiety about opening everything up. Um, You know, someone said to me, oh, Greg, you'll be great. You've done years of it, of the in-person workshop. But the reality is I've never done an in-person workshop after a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like what you were saying about, you know, working and going back and forth. I work with a lot of men who are finding their offices opening back up, but they're having to learn how do I live and work in two spaces. So, you know, I still have my home office and I still have now a work office. How do I organize myself? And, you know, some companies are doing a great job to say, let's create an office space here that is conducive to those transitions. Other guys are having to figure it out on their own. So even though we've been open and anticipating this transition, don't be surprised if it brings some chaos with it. While other companies are going, look how well our team performed while being at home, working Mm -hmm. virtually, and some aren't going back to the office. Mm -hmm. They're gonna maintain their position and do their work, but without the commute. Right. So, you know, change is everywhere yeah. we look, yeah. and it's all coming off the heels of this experience. Right. I think in, in the same vein, you know, our telehealth with individual clients <clears throat> has proven to be very, very successful, I believe. I'll speak for mm-hmm. myself. And while I used to always say that in, in person was probably the best to, to look for, I have to say that I, I think for myself, sometimes I have better focus on Zoom than I do in person, mm-hmm. just the way I work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wouldn't even make that statement anymore. I think some of the women that I work with on Zoom, we actually make better progress um, with our conversations on Zoom than we sometimes even do in person. So, and does it have anything mm-hmm. to do with Callie, your cat, being <laughs> Callie, on your lap? Cat. Well, it's, yes, it's, it's, she, she loves being a part of that, too. She's, she's and very I can, supportive. I can get a few more snacks a little more regularly or whatever it is. Maybe but, we have uh, to start bringing Callie yeah. into the office. <laughs> but all that to say, I, I think um, this change for us, I think we're going, the post-traumatic growth about mm-hmm. change is 
uh, it provides new opportunities, and it certainly is for us. The pandemic is bringing new things that we would never have thought about. Right. I, I think it's bringing gratitude also and appreciation for things. I, I know we're all so grateful, even today, having lunch together, that right. we're here in person talking to each other, having some time to just you know, talk about families and things we don't always mm -hmm. Um, and you know we're growing with our own confidence, and we're le we've learned some new things, and that's grown us in technology and in other ways we're handling things. And um, there's just good that has come out of it. And so it's a both and again. Right. It's created mm -hmm. a lot of hardship in many ways, and we know that the growth that's coming out of it is going to serve us well. I think moving forward. Well, it's kind of the principle of moving. When Beth and I moved from the suburbs to the city. We created categories. You know, what are the things that we're going to get rid of that we don't need anymore? What are the things that we're taking to the apartment? Um, what are the things that are still good, but we don't need them, so we're going to give them away or um, send them to Goodwill or some other resale place? And what are the things that we're going to need later, but we can put in storage? And so as we were going through our stuff, we created those categories. So I think change always opens up that possibility of, okay, what am I done with? What do I need to leave behind? I don't need to carry it with me. And what are the things absolutely that I want to carry with me through this transition? And then what are the resources that maybe I put in storage knowing that I don't need them now, but there may come a time when I need them later. Mm -hmm. And so even as we're thinking about this, um, you know, we're aware that um, currently we don't have another virtual workshop scheduled. So we know that the June workshop June you know, 2021 will be our last virtual workshop for a while. So for those men who do want that experience, um, this is their opportunity. Mm -hmm. If you want to be able to experience it without the additional expensive travel or the additional time away, then absolutely take advantage of our workshop in June. And for those men that have been waiting for us to open back up so they can travel, know that we're ready and we're going to be anticipating you in July of 2021. That's exciting. Yes. Which category did Beth put you in? Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. she took me. Oh, okay. Oh. The, I made the, the cut. The, the, <laughs> things I need to bring with me, things I can store away until I need it, uh, that kind of thing. Yes. Right. That's the good news. She brought you along. That's good. That's good. Well, I think that uh, wraps things mm -hmm. up for this podcast. Uh, Deb, we're very grateful again for you to be our guest and, and for your wisdom and experience uh, sharing with our audience. Uh, as Greg was just saying, I'm sure you heard loud and clear of the opportunities coming up with our Men of Valor workshop virtually in June and then starting again in person in July. All of those details and registrations are available at faithfulandtrue.com. Uh, click on the workshop page and you'll be able to find that. Uh, until we come back and see you again next time, we hope that you'll visit our Faithful and True channel on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe and click like. We appreciate that support. And in the meantime, until we meet with you again, we hope that the coming week is a week for you that's filled with many blessings and great vision. <laughs>